Hey y'all, welcome to Take the Step Podcast. Grab a cup of coffee with me and let's chat about God leading the way through life. Hey everyone, and welcome officially to Take the Step Podcast. First off, I am so excited that you're here and that you're listening. I truly cannot wait to just chat about life and be used by God to share stories that hopefully encourage other believers in their walk with God as they feel His presence every day and seek Him in everything that you do. I have a close friend, and when I'm around her, will always say, look at God, even in the everyday moments of life, like finding that really good parking spot or maybe even the bad parking spot, but seeing someone's smiling face as you walk all the way up to the store that just reminds you how good God is. But before I get ahead of myself, let me tell you a little bit about who I am. If you've never met me in person before, I'm Kelsey Hayes. The cliff note version of me is that I'm a Bible reading Christian, a wife to Tommy for eight years, a mom to Carmen who is six and Ryan who is three, and in my current season of life, I work full-time and try to be all the things for all the people, which all boils down to realistically being a total hot mess most of the time with coffee always in my hand. But most importantly, I'm saved by God's grace and unconditional love. And the most important part of my life is something that I truly didn't understand until just a few years ago. That most important part of being saved by God's grace and unconditional love, I thought I knew. I really did. And if you're thinking, man, what took her so long? Well, friend, me too. But God had a purpose, and maybe it was all for this moment right here, me sharing stories about my life with you. So, story number one, my relationship with God. When I was about 10 years old or so, I gave my life to God and was baptized. I went to church every Sunday and Wednesday as a child. I truly enjoyed going and learning about God. And parents, when God says, train your child and teach them about Him, do it. Because without that foundation of knowing God, I don't think that I would have been able to run back to him so quickly later in life. As a teenager, I would read my Bible all through high school every day. I was involved in church and surrounded by so many amazing Christians. But looking back, I can see that I was doing all the right things, but I wasn't in a personal relationship with God, the kind of relationship where you can hear him whisper, where you surrender it all to him and cling to his every word. After high school, I left my small town and went to college not so far away, but far enough that I also left behind me those right things that I was doing, like going to church and reading my Bible. Very quickly, I let my flesh lead the way instead of the Holy Spirit, and I grew further and further away from God. Looking back now, I can praise him so much because he was still there protecting me and giving me blessings I absolutely did not deserve. I wasn't obeying his commands or searching for him during this time of my life, and yet God hand-delivered me my greatest blessing of all, my husband. Tommy and I met just over 10 years ago. When we met, we both knew each other's beliefs in God, 
and even went to church a few times together early in our relationship, but we weren't living the lives that God called us to. We were living a great life, don't get me wrong, but it's not near as amazing as the life that we live now when we let God lead us. At the time, we had been dating a few years. I had just finished college, and Tommy completed his apprenticeship program, and we got married later that year in 2013. We quickly decided that we wanted to start trying to have children, and we struggled with getting pregnant. After failed medication intervention, we had accepted that children just weren't in the plans for us. And then two months later, I took a pregnancy test only because it was Tommy's birthday. He was convinced that I was pregnant, but seeing so many negative tests, I never cared to take another pregnancy test in my life, to be honest with you. But that was also the year that I had bought him a filing cabinet for his birthday, and so I'm pretty sure he was not over the moon excited about the filing cabinet, so I agreed to take the pregnancy test if that was what was going to make him happy. And then, with shaking hands, all the exciting ways that I had ever planned on telling my husband that I was pregnant went completely out the door. I walk in the bedroom and I say, um, I think that I'm pregnant. And then nine months later, we had Carmen in 2015. A few years after that, we get pregnant again, which to me was the craziest thing because I was wondering how could we be pregnant without having 83 doctor's appointments and medication first. But ultimately, we ended up losing that baby. Then we planned to try again and get pregnant with Ryan. And we actually got pregnant with him before we had planned on getting pregnant with him. And I'm at this stage of my life now that I can just laugh at myself for planning every detail of anything, ultimately knowing that God is truly in control of it all. But here I am, and I'm still going to plan every single step of the way, knowing that God will ultimately determine my path. And like Ryan's delivery, we plan that to be the same operating room experience that we had when we were delivering Carmen. But God was needing to bring us back to him and had determined a different path. And wait, let me also mention that our children are our two tiniest tools that I truly believe that God gave them to us to teach us every day. But anyways, back to Ryan's delivery. We deliver Ryan and everyone's face in that operating room drops. I felt it, and I don't think Tommy knew it until he saw the look of terror and confusion on my face as I told him to go be with our son. We were told that Ryan was going straight to the NICU, but that everything was going to be fine. It was all going to be okay, and he would be in our arms before we knew it. As the hours went by, he didn't show any signs of improvements. Nothing was changing. We were told that at 24 hours, we would know something. At the 24-hour mark, we were told Ryan would either sink or swim. And 24 hours passed, so I had this hope that everything was fine. And then at the 30-hour mark, he sank. Tommy and I were in the hospital room when a large knock hit the door and in walked a man in a white coat. Now remember, 
I still know God, and in this moment, staring at the doctor's face, you can bet that I was praying. The doctor had a blank look on his face and uses all these fancy terms and ultimately ends with, um, which means that both of your son's lungs have just collapsed. Now, Tommy and I had just left Ryan about 30 minutes before this conversation, and I think probably only seconds before his lungs collapsed. And during one of our other visits with Ryan, we saw what happens when a tiny baby starts declining. And I know without a doubt that God pulled us away so that we didn't have to be asked by one of the nurses to leave our son as they tried to save his life. We were told that we could be with Ryan in about an hour or so, and I was just paralyzed with fear. We had almost no one in our lives that knew we had already lost one baby. We didn't share that Ryan was even in the NICU with anyone. Our Facebook for that day went from, today we meet Ryan, to just crickets. We said nothing. There was no Bible beside me to cling to the verses that I've had to use the past couple years to walk out difficult moments with God's comfort. Tommy wanted to rush down there to be with Ryan, and I just wanted to lay in that hospital bed, letting fear paralyze me. Ryan had a chest tube, but after about three days, they were able to remove the tube, and he was able to come home when he was roughly about a week old. We had survived, and God had been stirring our hearts. We knew we needed to turn to him, But if you've seen how stubborn my children are, well, then you probably know where they get it from. God was stirring our hearts, but we weren't turning our lives to him just yet. And then sickness strikes Ryan again in February of 2019, which led to a five-night stay at the hospital. And if you want a really good laugh, imagine Tommy and I sleeping on that teeny tiny couch in Ryan's hospital room for these five nights. I am five foot eight, and Tommy is well over six feet tall. So this was definitely a struggle, and I'm sure a good laugh for the nurses that rounded on Ryan during the night. But again, thank God so much for my background in church, because God had been working in my heart and filling me with the desire to return to Him and attend church. He needed me to find our community and he needed me back in his word every single day. He knew that that was the step that I needed to take for him to be able to speak to me and to change my life. So when we walked out of the hospital, Tommy said to me, we need to go to church. And the next Sunday, that's where we were. Clearly, God had been stirring in both of our hearts. We walked into the church that we call our church family now, We rededicated our lives to God in 2019, and He's been on the move, growing and building us closer and closer in our personal relationship with Him ever since. I tell you this story to tell you that I'm not perfect, nor am I a perfect Christian. My relationship with God hasn't been perfect. Like a lot of Christians, my walk is no linear walk. I still encounter road bumps today. And there are parts of my story where God's had to lead me back on the right path because I've wandered off. I'm truly a hot mess most of the time, like the kind of mess that definitely forgets to brush their hair in the mornings and then realizes it when they're walking their kids into school. Yep, that's me. But I'm also the mess 
that knows just how much I need the guidance of the Holy Spirit, and I try my best to let the Holy Spirit lead every step. I understand the Bible by praying, reading it every morning, and then often multiple times a day for guidance, and then asking God to change me by leading the way to apply what He teaches me to my life every day. And yet I still make mistakes, but I'm so close in my relationship with God now that I can hear His whisper when I need to repent and change my ways. I can hear the whisper of the path to take and follow in obedience, even when the task seems rather impossible. I appreciate God's love and grace so much in this season that I'm in, and I just never want to abuse that love that God shows me. So this is me. This is the season of life that I'm in right now. Just your everyday Christian mama living in a small town, raising two wild little people with my awesome husband by my side. From broken to saved, taking a step in obedience to open up and just share stories with you that show God's glory. Oh, and one last thing. I want to end with a take the step challenge. If you've never told your salvation story or how you come to know Jesus, do it. Share the glory of God in your life. Let your light shine. Let God's light shine. Every single story, no matter how big or how small you think it may be, I promise that God wants His glory shown, so tell the world just how good He is. If you don't know God as your Lord and Savior, well, friend, reach out, and I would love to point you in the right direction. Because as I continue to share stories, I promise you'll want to know Him because you're going to hear just how good He is. I went through life without knowing Him as my number one for a while. And from experience, life is truly filled with just so much more when God is leading the way. So I hope that you accept this challenge. I hope you take the step to share your salvation story. Or take the step to get to know Jesus more and build your own personal relationship with God. Whatever the step is, I pray you take it.